This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, Vice President of CX of M and retired Global CX Executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Bob Keipel. Good to see you, Bob. And we're, we're privileged today. Uh, anytime we have anybody on the show whose title begins with global, I get really excited because, as many of you know, I do love to travel. So on the show today, we have the global manager of u- user experience for Steelcase, Laurel Stanley. Welcome to the show, Laurel. Hey, thanks to thanks. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Good. She We're glad really to have you. See, I did. I just, well, I just screwed that up from the get go. Will you, <laughs> no, you no, do it all over again? No, <laughs> well, she's a human. Nice. We know you're human. We got character. <laughs> oh my goodness, you guys. Well, welcome, <laughs> welcome. Um, as a way to get you to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us about the global UX team that you lead? Like, give us an idea about the mission you have and how UX and CX apply to make Steelcase more successful? Yeah, absolutely. So I lead the global user experience team, and that means that I lead the design efforts, the user research efforts, and content strategy for Steelcase. And we have teams across the world. So I don't do this alone, which is why it's a global title. We are a global organization. But we really, our mission really is to help Steelcase take an outside in perspective to really make them position to be the best company to do business with, both online and offline. Um, And, you know, we, we work tirelessly to do that. We are located in, inside the organization. We're located inside brand communications. And Steelcase has really been a company that has been promoting design thinking through its long history, uh, especially over the past 20 years. So user experience and customer experience is really promoted throughout the organizations. There's many teams that are... Um, leading the company. So we have a workspace features team that leads all of the customer experience research around what products we're going to be building, how those products work for our customers. And then we also have uh, UX and folks within the actual product team. So the teams that are physically building and making them. And then my team is really focused on bringing them to market and making sure that the, the holistic customer experience is taken into consideration. Can I just uh, highlight something you mentioned, com- uh, a company easy to do business with or something like that? Mm-hmm. Is that part of uh, sort of the culture of the company? Because to me, that's like ding, ding, ding. That's really good for customer experience when you hear those words coming from a company. We want to be easy to do business with, that kind of thing. Yes. Yes, the senior leadership at Steelcase is really behind the promotion of customer experience and does actually have initiatives that I've been involved in. We can talk about that a little bit more during our call. 
um, but really does have initiatives that are promoting understanding that outside-in perspective with all of our key influencers. So that would be our architects and designers and our dealers, as well as our end customers. So the folks that we partner and do business with and our end clients and all the way down to the people sitting in our chairs. That's great. Tom, That's great. What kind Tom. of chair are you sitting in right now, Tom? Is it a steel me, case chair? Let me check. Let me look on the bottom here. Uh, it's probably cheap. Cheap. No, you gotta flip it over. Oh no, this is a cheap chair. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a steel case chair. Do, do yeah. steel case chairs with a Michigan State um, Spartan logo on it? I'd, I'd buy one. Of those. You know, I I might know who to talk to. <laughs> okay, to all right, let's happen. do it. Let's make that happen. Let's make that. We happen. can customize chairs. Good. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm in it. Yes. In it. Absolutely. Uh, so you know, building on what you've talked about um, in the function of UX and CX at at Steelcase, um, we're always interested um, in specific jobs and career paths paths in CX. So what is a trip? Uh, pardon me. What is a typical career path? and CX look like at Steelcase? And what, what types of people um, do you look, look for to fill those roles? Because you guys are inside brand communication, so it's interesting. Uh, that's so, really like, what, interesting. Yeah, yeah, how that all fits. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this. So I, when I went to school, it was before user experience was a thing. You couldn't go to school for user experience. So I went to school for uh, graphic design and visual communications. That was like the birth of the internet. <laughs> and, uh, and I've really grown up inside of not only the industry with the user experience and customer experience and the elevation of design inside of organizations, but, um, but organizations have grown, right? And so I think that as I look for what is a typical career path, I almost feel like when I look at the organization and see how many people are doing uh, either uh, customer experience design through design thinking workshops that are very business-led, as well as very tactical, like the user experience designers and the groups that we have and researchers that we have. So I think that if I were to think about you know, what people can do today in customer experience, and even user experience, I'm a little jealous, right? You can actually mm -hmm. go to school for this now <laughs> and maybe get some more tips and pointers than what I have, but it's been, um, it's been definitely learning by doing. I think that as you look at organizations and if you look at how they've organically embraced design and in, inside of its, its teams, inside of many, many you know, verticals within their businesses, I think you're really seeing an overall maturity that's starting to happen within customer experience. And I don't think user experience can be effective without having the customer experience, that holistic customer experience, um, knowledge and perspective. So if we think about what career paths really are available for folks today, I think it really, it really varies because you can come to you can come to experience design through so many paths. You can come through it through a technical lens, like development or computer science. You can come through it through a marketing lens. I'm coming through it, you know, coming at it through a designer lens. So I think it really ends up, if you're looking for career paths within side of organizations, you almost need to look at the organizational culture as a whole 
to say, is this a place that will help to nurture that type of culture? And, um, and ultimately, because it's still evolving, you really need to be positioned inside of organizations that you see the leaders starting to embrace customer experience and really starting to understand how it's a differentiator for sure, but it's also almost a, a business imperative now. Um, and when you when I look for people for building out my teams, you know, ultimately I'm looking for for folks who get it, who are just natural advocators, who are natural educators, who can really start to um, dive into helping organizations you know, figure out what's next in, in what, what customer experience means for them. Ultimately, you need to be a self-starter. You need to be self-motivated. You need to have, you know, a love for learning since this is an evolving field. You almost have to, you know, stay up with it and understand how, um, you know, how because technology is changing so much and influencing businesses, but also because customer expectations are changing so fast, you have to be generally curious. And without their curiosity, I don't think you can be successful. And then I think there is probably an aspect of a personality where you have to be really steadfast. You know, there are aspects when you are inside a large organization, especially one uh, like Steelcase that is global, that, you know, any type of change is, is a lot of work because you have to create, you know, alignment across the organization to make that change happen. But I think when you start to see companies really embrace it, they understand that in order to have really good customer experiences and user experiences, they ultimately need to start to change organizationally and change how they're structured organizationally to be able to support those experiences and those customer expectations. Wow, that's excellent. Um, I, I hate to be the, the the Debbie Downer on this podcast, but I do have to bring up the pandemic. <laughs> um, Steelcase must be on the forefront of what's going on um, in the workplace now and understanding the trends. Um, people are working from home, obviously, and that kind of thing. Um, what are these trends from your company's point of view and how are you guys responding? Mm -hmm. That is a great question. great question, and we certainly are on on the um, in it, I would say. And what we're doing right now is we're actually partnering with MIT to help to study pathogens, to really help to understand how the pathogens um, might might flow inside of workspaces and also, mm -hmm. you know, stay on on surfaces of many different types, uh, upholstery to uh, solid surfaces. We're really looking at how we can help to partner with businesses so that we can bring people back to the office safely. I think in this moment, we when we started to look at um, our current customer base, we actually found that 77% of them have individual work surfaces that are not six feet apart. And if you think about the trends in office spaces, it was mostly how to get more people in less space. And now what you're seeing is the requirement to do, um, to, to separate and to have more space for each individual. So we're really working with companies to think about how their, their offices are laid out and how they can actually balance the safety of their employees and the productivity of their teams. Um, so, 
it's a, it's an exciting time. I think Steelcase is very well positioned because we're such a research-based organization. It's what we do very naturally. We have, again, whole teams that their jobs are to envision and to understand what the trends are of the workplace of the future and then help Steelcase to shift in its product offering. So you'll certainly see that over the next you know, months and years as the products actually start to shift for the new expectations of the workplace. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, Steelcase has to be at the forefront because, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, Steelcase was at the forefront of cubicles, right? And, and, thing, mm -hmm. and barriers. And then all of a sudden, everybody wants this open design. I'm thinking of these big tables with people sitting right next to each other. And now I'm sure most business people are thinking, hey, we need to go back to this compartmentalization and, and, and creating, creating barriers. Is, is some of that actually come up where you guys have, have looked back at where you were 20, 30 years ago and said, is, is there a migration back to cubicles because of this? Wait, can I, can I add on to this and make it even <laughs> yeah, more of a complicated sure, sure. question? Yeah, go ahead. So like there's these sort of like what I would think from my layman's point of view, sort of these trendy ideas like, oh, we're going to work together in teams and being together mm -hmm. is really important. Nobody needs to have a space where they sit. Right. They just come in and put their backpack down versus like the old days where everybody had an office with a yeah. door. So there's a tension there too, like with yeah. this sort of current oh, yeah. theory of productivity and using the space you got. Mm -hmm. So there's a big question for you, Laurel. Good luck. <laughs> that was a question? Sound like a statement to me. I think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I, I think most of us don't want to return back to the cubicle farms of the yeah. 70s yeah, and true. 80s, right? I think yeah. that, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> that nobody wants to walk into a space that, that looks like that anymore. And the pendulum has certainly swung the other way, where collaboration and innovation is really tied to spaces that facilitate that and help people come together. I think what we'll actually probably see is the pendulum sort of land in the middle where potentially businesses and you know this is me speaking as Laurel Stanley and not as a steelcase representative but just knowing where we're at I think you'll see businesses offer hybrid approaches where maybe focused work is done individually and at home and you'll see the office spaces start to be places of collaboration still the collaboration spaces may look a little different. And of course, our interactions with each other might have to be different until we have a vaccine. Um, but they're still very necessary. So as we think about how we are looking behaviorally at how people need to relate to each other, you know, there is a there was a quote um, recently, I think in, I want to say in Harvard Business Review, where it was talking a little bit about just in general, the impacts of isolation and how we're all social beings mm -hmm. and the amount of um, and importance of unplanned interactions. So I, I think we probably all take that for granted when we work inside of office spaces and you see, you see people, you know, around the coffee counter and you naturally have lunches with people or you're, you're walking to meetings and you have little conversations along the way. Well, those actual social interactions are so very important to how we operate in the day to day. And now we're so isolated. We're so removed from that. We don't have any, any way to, you know, 
to even bridge that gap right now if you are living in isolation. So I think you know the importance of office spaces will always be there. Yeah. And us wanting to have really um, productive and inspiring spaces to go to is just kind of you know part of, I think, of working with a company. You want companies who really get that and you want to work with companies who get that. And if you're going to go back to an office and you know collaborate, you want to feel inspired as well as safe. And so I think you'll see some definitely physical changes to office spaces, but ultimately it will help to still promote productivity and innovation and creativity, which is what we all want out of our jobs, right? Yeah, Zoom's a pretty poor substitute for all that. I, I agree. Um, that's good to hear. Now, earlier, mm -hmm. I want to circle back earlier in the, the conversation. You talked about this inside-out approach at Steelcase and some initiatives around that. Can you help, Kess, um, uh shed some light on what those initiatives are and what you're learning um, from customers and how that's um, reflected in CX improvements? Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, so I joined Steelcase, gosh, it's probably a little over two and a half years ago. And I'll tell you a little bit about what I've been doing and how that's impacted the company. Um, so when I first joined, there was an initiative to really understand the outside-in perspective. And I helped to lead uh, multiple teams across. A, it was a national research effort. So we had teams go out to various markets and start to talk to our key influencers. At that time, we were focusing on our architects and designers and our dealers who sell our products. And what we were learning, we were able to bring back and work together through a series of design sprints to really journey map out the current state and then envision some, some new experiences in order to help uh, bridge the gaps where we found them. And then we actually did some service blueprints, and that's the effort that takes a journey map and then makes it real from an organizational standpoint where you have to actually go and start to figure out how to align an organization around that effort. And that really led to a three-year roadmap that we're still working on. But I can share one of the you know, big things that we learned through that is the behaviors through the digital experiences that we had and were able to make some changes for. So um, one thing that we had, and I think a lot of sites are built up this way where you might have like a centralized product page and then you have you know, different repositories for different tools. And what we learned is just even watching how our users were navigating through the site and trying to utilize the site as a business tool, it was taking them forever to get through just doing the things that they need to do in one, one visit or one task. And so we had this hub and spoke model where we would have a product page. And if you wanted images, you had to go to the image library. If you wanted documents, you had to go to the document library. Um, and what we ended up doing was creating a way to put all of the related content into one product page into a drawer. That was like an example of one of the first things that we were able to do. And we really split the roadmap into two big pieces. One was all about self-service. So how can people... Uh, have more frictionless experiences when they're just trying to do their job on their own. And then the other look was at the full service experience. And again, thinking about it more from a holistic standpoint, what can we do to offer better services, again, to be the preferred, you know, preferred company to do business with. 
that's, that's awesome. Um, I, I, I just want to ask a sort of a general question because you mentioned um, something that got me thinking earlier about how people just need to be, a company's culture just needs to be oriented towards CX. Um, and I wonder, you know, I just wonder if it's like back in the day when you had brand management, like, oh, if you think they worked at P&G, like, oh, they know how to do brand management. It would sort of infect or in, not infect, whatever, spread. Oh, I'm using COVID terms. But you know what I mean, help other companies. Um, maybe this is happening right now in the world of CX where there's great companies and cultures that are now like sort of teaching other companies. And from your perspective, are there any companies you admire or uh, look at with respect to doing a good job in CX or UX? Do you have any thoughts on that? Mm -hmm, I do. Um, I, I, well, I was thinking about this question because, you know, obviously we were, we were talking about topics back and forth. And one of the things that hit me is, of course, I feel like there's the, the normal answers like Apple or Amazon as far as what they're doing with customer experience. But ultimately, I think, um, and I think there's lots of, you know, there's lots of interesting things happening in the digital space right now to help us out. Like the shipped service is interesting. If you watched how that's evolved over the, even the past nine months, it's been fascinating to see how it's been trying to bend to the expectations of the marketplace. But what I really think your question is getting at is something that I actually participate on and I would encourage most companies to look into it if they're looking to create a more mature customer experience model is I participate in a, in a, in a sort of a peer network and it's called Collaborative Gain and it's really geared towards helping leaders inside of organizations lean on other leaders and help to create essentially a council for folks to be able to get help and ask for help. Because of course, as you start to grow inside of an organization, it almost seems like the, the expectation is you as a leader have all the answers. And, and then, then somehow it's not okay for you not to have the answers. And so this council is really built around creating support system for leaders inside of organizations who are working to increase their customer experience uh, maturity. And it's been a huge help for me. I participated, it, uh, participated in it on and off through my entire career, lucky enough to have started really early on and then, um, and then kind of lost it when I was doing a lot of startup work and now back into larger organizations um, have been able to participate again. And it's just a really necessary service for anyone who's trying to make change inside of an organization. And ultimately, I think as customer experience or user experience continues to evolve and we continue to push organizations to listen to their customers and build um, customer first roadmaps, I think that you really have to learn how to be a great leader and have to learn how to align your company around a vision. And that takes a lot of work that's not often taught inside of school. Tom, keep an eye on this one. She's going to be a CEO one of these know, days. And we're I know, going to be really begging her to get on <laughs> yeah. the podcast in the future. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be more than global. I'm super global. <laughs> uh, oh, Laurel. Well, no, and I really appreciate, you know, we don't talk about this enough. Um, I really appreciate the perspective of 
networking and interacting with people in other organizations and you know and how much you learn from that um and other people's experiences and and, and that's how i feel about mm -hmm. the cx community in general in the ui you know cx ux customer success because you know this singular focus on the customer and their needs what is what unites us but as you mentioned there's a challenge of getting everyone in the organization on the same page as it concerns that inside out approach and and how that evolves into into customer experience design and delivery and and um it's not mm -hmm. always enough to be able there to be able to lean on people in your own organization it's important to have that support from people outside the organization to offer their encouragement and support and insight so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy yeah. to see that you do that and yeah. it's been a pleasure and i, I mean go ahead. Galora, go ahead, <laughs> well Doc. thank you go ahead well, I was just going to say, I mean, you, that's what you have been promoting, too, with the work that you've been doing inside of Michigan State University. I mean, the, the ability to have conferences, of course, those all look very different now, but the, the you know, underlying need for us to be able to have you know, places where we can share our experiences, where we can learn from each other, where we can lean on each other, those are all just massively important. And... Um, and I do hope we get to a place where we can do that again in person. In person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do too. I miss it. I'm, you know, we did an online conference and it went well, you know, and, and the feedback was great. But, you know, being in those rooms and sitting down at lunch and talking to people and, yeah, I miss it. Yeah, you're responsible for your own food when you're doing it on Zoom. I know, I know. You know sometimes we lose people to the refrigerator and they don't come back. And I miss the good people in Michigan. <laughs> I miss the good people in Michigan. Um, you know uh, that that was always that was always fun too. So I'm hoping in the near future we can do it again mm -hmm. in person. But in the meantime, here we are in Zoom. And thanks so much, Laurel. Good to have you. We really appreciate your being on the show. And and listeners, thank you for joining us. Uh, we look forward to having you on another episode. Thank you. Now I just got to. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.